I always like to say that, you know, if you have these defined centers that can be authorities that are talking to you regularly, they're kind of like team members, right? They're like members on your team, but they're, they're not the team captain. Welcome to the Healing Corner with Emily Tennyson. Here, Emily talks about how the power of nutrition, detoxification, spirituality, and tuning into our body's intelligence can help knock us back into emotional, physical, and spiritual alignment. Now, here's your host, Emily Tennyson. Hello, and thanks so much for joining me today as I chat with Brooke Belden about intuition and human design. If you're new to human design and would like to follow along, you can go to my very favorite resource, myhumandesign.com, and enter in your birthday, your birth time, and the city you were born in, and it will pump out a little chart containing the information that we'll be discussing today. You can also create a free account there where you can save your own chart as well as the charts of those close to you to come back to for future reference. Okay, so getting back to Brooke. Brooke is a 5-1 emotional manifester who is the founder of the healing and coaching business called Reclaiming Her. Brooke is a mom, a mystic, a podcaster, and a mentor for women healing from patriarchal trauma. She began her journey helping women nearly two decades ago as a coach and a therapist. Today, she uses human design and sacred feminine energy to work with her clients. I'm so excited to have her on today to talk about pivoting into a new career when it feels scary, learning to understand what our intuition feels like from a human design lens, and how she works with her clients, including a little bit about how shadow work works and is helpful for living in alignment. So Brooke, let's talk a little bit about your background. You earned your BA in psychology before getting your master's in community counseling and kind of moved through a really lovely career of working as a therapist and working with women, particularly on like body issues and self-esteem, as well as anxiety and depression, something also very close to my heart. You then moved into nutrition and wellness, which I find so fascinating because it kind of mirrors my own path, like being so interested in how nutrition and wellness really affects our well-being and how our mind and our body work together or don't. So after doing that for several years and coaching women in weight loss goals and um, wellness goals, you kind of, it sounded like maybe you went through some like just major burnout and kind of had to rethink things. Will you talk about what was happening for you at that time and what motivated the shift? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's a really good, uh, you know, little Cliff's Notes version of the whole yeah. circles. I feel like, you know, like a lot. It's like people are like, what have, you, what have you done? And it's a lot. So, um, so much. So much. Yeah. So, you know, I think that what ended up happening is that, um, I guess uh, kind of backing up a little bit is that I was in graduate school or I was, I knew I wanted to go back to graduate school to be a counselor or a therapist. And back then, and I feel like I'm dating myself because it's like time just moves so much faster these days. But back then, you know, nutrition and exercise as a form of like self-care and mental health, as we call those things today, was super woo. Like we're talking like woo stuff. That was woo back then. That was like, what? And And that was just something that I had noticed in my own life. And I think that's kind of um, one of those like manifestor hits for me is that before anybody else was paying attention to this stuff, I just started eating better and exercising and I noticed how much better I felt. And so that's really what kind of um, catapulted my career. You know, like I was like, I don't necessarily want to do clinical mental health anymore. I want to do this kind of 
woo-woo, you know, way of like wellness as a form of mental health. And, uh, and I did that, you know, so I started my own practice and started my own business. And then I started working alongside my husband and some other people who really had much more of a, uh, a hustler mindset. And I say hustle, like sometimes I'll say it and I, I say it in kind of a negative derogatory sense. And sometimes I say it in a really passionate sense, and but really this like hustler kind of mindset. And I didn't really have that in me to from the get-go like I'm I'm definitely an achiever I'm definitely a go-getter but this like kind of animalistic attack at like life and business was not me but I hopped on board because I was also getting a lot of recognition for the success that I was creating and that felt good right I mean like your ego starts talking to you and oh yeah really good and so I did I just kind of went after it and then I started following more you know business coaches and experts and doing all the things that other people were telling me to do. And I would hop on board with that plan and I would attack it. And then I would burn myself out. Right. And like, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned. So then I would get realigned and start to listen to myself again. But then I would doubt myself. I would doubt myself and think like, Oh, what do I know? Who am I? You know, like, and then I'd hop off that ship again and jump back on the train. And after several years of kind of this yo-yo business mentality and activity, I did, I got to a place of total burnout and mm-hmm. just was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. Wow. And walked away. And then from there, I really quickly pivoted into something else and was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I'll just, I'm going to do this instead. And I did that for about three months, like with a, you know, hardcore mindset before I was like, okay, I actually can't do anything. and I I tried explaining it to my husband I'm like I just can't like I can't show up for my business I can't do the activity that I used to do to get clients and to you know build like results and and I just can't do it anymore and he was like I don't understand I'm like me neither but I just can't like I don't I don't know what to tell you and this is the weirdest feeling that I've ever experienced in my life but I just can't yeah yeah so did you take a leave of absence then and kind of step away it's you know leave of absence is a funny thing when you're an entrepreneur because it's like who am I taking a leave from other than you know myself and so I didn't you know the truth is is that I wish I would have right if if I could give myself like myself now advice from three years ago I would have said like girl just heal just like let it all collapse just heal just go all in on that journey but I always like was still holding on a little bit like there was this fear inside of me of losing my following you know on social media or losing my existing client and customer base and you know just losing what I had already built even though I was trying to like pivot and take it with me I just I you know had this fear and so I kind of just I would like start stop I'd like show up a little bit and then like pull back again and show up a little bit and pull back again and just yeah so I wish I would have just taken a hard stop but no (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, there's something to be said about just having to face that um, reality of letting go of this this thing that you yourself have built. Like all of these followers, these people who are really being impacted by your business and then realizing like, how do I let go of being attached to this in order to get to the next level? I noticed that in my own life and it's it's challenging at times to do. So I, I don't doubt that you were very hesitant to do so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So then what did that look like for you? So you, you stepped away and then what happened after that? Talk to us about what happened. 
So, um, you know, it's funny because it's like I, I stepped away and I was I was kind of like dabbling with some things and trying some things out. And, you know, really what ended up happening is that I say that it was like at one point in there, it was like the voice of God that started to talk to me. You call it what you want. Right. God, universe, source whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is what spoke to me that said, like, you have to, you have to be done, right? You have to be done with this business. You are done. You have to walk away. And so I was like, okay, but I hadn't really been so connected to like, I've, I've always been a pretty, I would say spiritual person, but not in this way, not in this like total act of faith. Had I ever been like, that right and so all of a sudden this you know for me it's a feeling right so it's like a feeling and then the voice comes when I interpret that feeling so people always want to know right like when you're connecting to because you know whether we're talking about um, spirit guides or God or your intuition or what everyone wants to know like what is that what does that feel like what do you how do you experience it and so for me it's very much a feeling but then it's quickly interpreted into words right and so then that feels like a voice to me but but it's all a feeling. And, um, and so that was the feeling. And I literally thought from that point on, like, sweet, me and God are like, besties, right? Like, we're like this. And so I'm going to like sail up on this white fluffy cloud to my eternal bliss. Like I'm aligned now, God's on my side. And that's just how it's going to happen. And if anybody who has gone through any bit of a spiritual journey knows that that is like the last thing that happens. It's like, oh, aren't you cute? I live in a town, right? So we say like, oh, that's yeah. your heart. Like, totally. <laughs> no, I have, I have a quick question. No, because I totally agree with you. Like that ascension, that like beautiful image of like what ascension is, is like, I agree. It's, if anything, it's like so messy and you feel like you're dying and it's everything crumbles before it like builds back up again. Everything. I Everything. But I, so at this point then, are, do you have like a meditation practice, a yoga practice that you're doing on a consistent basis in order to reach this in these intuitive messages or how are yeah. these coming through? Well, yes and no. I mean, I, so again, I've been a spiritual person for a long time. I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. Um, I was into mindfulness when I was getting into therapy. Like it was all sort of this interwoven connection, but like how tapped in was I, you know, I don't know. Cause that's the thing. Like you can show up on your yoga mat and you can do the postures, but are you truly practicing yoga? right? Like you can read the mindfulness books and you can understand the principles of mindfulness, but are you embodying, right? Fully. And that's kind of like my word of the year, because it's all about this embodiment where it is not a, it is not a mental practice, Mm -hmm. right? It is this whole soulful thing. So, so was I doing yoga? Was I meditating? Uh, Have I journaled? Yeah. Years, years and years and years and years. Have I read all of the self-help books? Have I been like a personal development junkie? 100%. But at this level, like I said, like, while God is always talking to us or spirit or source, whatever you want to say is always talking to us. Our spirit guys are always talking to us. Our souls always talking to us. How much are we listening and really discerning and like owning that? Like, Oh, mm, mm, right. And then, and then acting on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, we get messages all the time that was, I probably got this message four years before that said like, girl, you might want to leave your business. Right. <laughs> and I was like, Shh. like we are not leaving. We are, we are hustling. We are rocking it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so 
so that I guess that's the big difference is that for whatever reason, I think it just got to the point where it's like, you just can't anymore, right? You, yeah. you, you push and we all reach a point at some point in our lives where of a breaking point. And I think that's what it was for me. It was just this breaking point that it was like, I just cannot do it anymore. I cannot fake it anymore. I cannot show up in this way that doesn't serve me anymore. And I don't know what this is, but I just know that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. For- following that next right step. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like you're, you're just kind of done trying, right? Like you're done mm-hmm. pushing through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're done. You're just finished. I'm just done. <laughs> you yeah. tell your husband you're not coming back yeah. and you, do you take a break? Like, do you just kind of sit with things? Do you work with somebody? No, you know, so it's, I know it's so funny. People want to like know what it looks like. And it really was just, um, I wish I could give you like a step-by-step or I wish I could give you like a, like, this is my how-to guide. And that's not what it was for me at all. Like it was just all of a sudden I was awake now. I think that was like, if it were, if we're going to do like a step one, right? Like step one, like all of a sudden I followed this voice and I was awake and I thought that I would follow this cloud up into Ascension. And that was not what happened at all. Like everything came crumbling out below us. Like we got into so many different financial problems and struggles when I thought that it was going to be like, woohoo, we're going to, you know, like make these pivots and these transitions and it's going to all be great, but it got worse. And, and usually when things get worse, right, we get scared and we're like, oh my gosh, I've messed up. I did the wrong thing, but I knew I was doing the right thing. And I was like, I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that this is what's happening. I'm sorry that this is a result of me saying like enough is enough, but it, I just have to keep following it. Right. And I just kept following. I just finally started to listen to that voice within and, and, and that was, you know, so, and did I then dive a little bit deeper? Like as I started listening to that voice, did I want to hear more of it? Did I want to hear from it more often? Yeah. So then did I start meditating regularly? Uh Uh-huh. Like, did I start, right? Like I started pulling, um, cards like, or Oracle cards, because I was like, I don't know what all this is, but something, right. I just started like word vomit journaling, all the things I just, I just needed to hear that voice more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm so fascinated because I think once the noise kind of cuts out, then it, it becomes the voice becomes louder, right? Like for me, two years ago, I actually three years ago now, I had quit a full-time job where I was working a lot, a lot of hours. I didn't, I was super stressed. I was very invested in my career. And once that stopped and things got quiet and I was able to pursue my own callings, you know, things that were sort of calling to me, um, I was faced with a lot of shadow and a lot of blocks. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? And then that prompted me into oh my gosh, I have a lot of things to sort of work through. And I don't know what's on the other side of this. And it feels scary. And all I have to do right now is I think dive in deeper because I can't ignore what's happening. Right. And so it's like, yeah, that's, it's really that's it, right? Like that's that, it. that is the exact thing. And that's what would happen is that like, I would uproot more. It was like digging out a garden, right? Like you're like, yeah. oh, I'm planting some flowers, but you're like, right. oh, what's this? Right. And then come across some like weeds or some nastiness or some trash or whatever. And you know, it's like your life. <laughs> like, Oh, 
Hey, that's still bothering me. Like I thought I was kind of over that, or I talked through that with my therapist, or I, you know, did what I was supposed to do with that or whatever. And that's still there. And I mean, yeah, I was healing traumas from when I was 12. I was healing traumas from when I was 20. I was healing traumas from when I was three, you know, and some of them were bigger and some of them were smaller. And it was just like, I just was done bearing it. I was done stuffing it. And I finally just had this inner knowing that all of this garbage that's within me is Mm -hmm. quiet or as loud as doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's more quiet. Sometimes it's more loud. And no matter what it is, like it is blocking me. Yeah. It is blocking me from believing in myself, from showing up for myself, Mm -hmm. from like doing the thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. all this junk, that's it. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I, I know that you do shadow work in your own work. And for me, I had discovered um, a workshop called To Be Magnetic. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how I kind of got into shadow work. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm the only one that knows what my shadows are. And like, for me, it was like being seen. Um, that was a big one, you know, feeling stupid. Like that was a big one. Things that I would never have identified with or noticed needed to be integrated or looked at until I started just like looking inward. Like I could, you know, I was speaking with a therapist at the time. She couldn't tell me that. Like I was the only one I had to go into like the abyss and sort of. Well, because if you did, right. Like if you did say like, Oh, I have, I have struggles with, you know, feeling worthy or feeling seen or my voice or whatever. They'd be like, Oh, okay. Like let's process that, you know, into, and I mean, as I'm saying, this is as as a former therapist, not trying to mock anything, but like, no, that's what you would do right as the therapist. But it's like, no, 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 the depth, the, and and it's not just the depth, it's the energy that that carries. It's the energy that is living inside of your body Mm -hmm. that needs to be excavated. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, it doesn't need to be like, for me, like the biggest, the biggest learning of that um, is like that it just needs to be integrated because like all those dark parts are, are part of everybody. And for whatever reason, from whatever thing that happened like years and years ago, it's something that I have shoved away and deemed as unlovable. And like, so it goes into this place where, (laughs) um, it needs attention and it's like been asking for it my whole life, you know, until I decide to take a look at it, it's just going to keep blocking me, as you say, from the things that I want or how I meant to serve others, you know, in the world. And so I find it so fascinating. I used to always say that it's like the toddler inside of you, right? Like the toddler that's like, like tapping on you until finally there's a full blown tantrum on the floor. Like (laughs) (laughs) totally. So yeah. So I, um, I want to talk a little bit about like the feeling that you're talking about, um, as your intuition. So I know you are a, an emotional authority in human design. So my mm-hmm. listeners are somewhat familiar with this. I'm a sacral authority in human design. And so you're a five, one manifester, emotional authority. I'm a six, two sacral generator. Will you talk a little bit about what emotional authority looks like for you and how it's kind of informed your own path into understanding what your intuition is feels like for you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, I think um, maybe I'll step back just a little bit into it because part of the journey, right, was understanding my intuition and following my intuition. And that's a really key buzzword that we're using in the spiritual space anyways, right? Getting in touch with your intuition and listening to your intuition. And 
And I remember that was almost like the first, that was, that was like, that was my intuition, right? That first, like God is speaking to me saying, leave your business. That, that was me. That was my intuition. That was my soul. That was source. That was whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I, I didn't like, I was like, how do you access that? Like, what is that magic? Right. And like, not only what is that magic, but how do you actually trust it? Because, that is a scary thing when the world is giving you so much feedback against that, right? Yes. It's giving you a different message. And so yes. how do you do that? And and that was kind of, these are just the questions that I would ask myself. And then I just kind of kept showing up with it, right? Like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing it. Like whatever, I'll ask myself questions. And what the answer is, that's truth to me. Now, the interesting, how I describe the intuition and the authorities in human design is that we all have these systems that are talking to us, right? And are giving us feedback. Well, there's something in the human design systems in the, in the centers called your splenic center. And your splenic center is your intuition, right? Like that's like the actual, like what your intuition is, safety, fight or flight in the now. I have a defined splenic center. Oh, interesting. So, and, the only thing that's interesting about that is that I made a lot of decisions over these past three years when I started listening to my intuition, where my splenic center was talking to me, but that's not my authority. And it would lead me down some rabbit holes. And your splenic center is like, it's, it is in the now it is rabbit holes. It is like, does not make sense at all. Right. And it would lead me to like down some rabbit holes. I'm like, well, shoot, like I was following my intuition. What, you know, what, why am I here? This doesn't feel like the right spot. And so I always like to say that, you know, if you have these defined centers that can be authorities that are talking to you regularly, they're kind of like team members, right? They're like members on your team, but there's, they're not the team captain. And there's only one team captain and that's your authority. And so they can be communicating to you and giving you feedback and helping to support the team captain, but it's only the team captain that is your true intuition, right? Your true authority. So as an emotional authority, and it makes sense for me because I'm so feely, everything's in the feels for me, right? Like, but it's just, how, how do I feel? How do I feel? And then as an emotional authority, there is no static point. There's no stop. There's no like, oh, okay, I actually feel this. And I feel this forever because our feelings are constantly changing. There's always an ebb and a flow. There's a high and a low. And somewhere in the middle is like, we call it riding the wave and somewhere in the middle of that wave. when there's kind of, you know, a, a little plateau, if you will. Um, that's where you, that's where you can kind of say like, okay, yep, this is it. This feels right. And so it's been really wonderful for me to realize that it's like, no, that's my, tr like, it was always talking to me too. Right. Mm -hmm. But learning to override my, in the now, yes. <laughs> to allow myself to kind of sleep on it or take some time or, and have no apologies. And I, you know, before we yeah. fly, I was talking to you about like a real life situation that I've gone through over the past year, where it's been very interesting to have somebody give you a deadline too, right? Like you have to tell me by Friday and I'm like, mm, no, my authority is not going to be ready by then. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you. But I might tell you something different two weeks from now. And that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> well, I will say as someone who lives with two emotional authority family members, um, I am so interested in your experience of it because like the emotional wave is fascinating to me. So what you're saying is like, you're not meant to make decisions in the moment. Like when you're feeling super excited about something right now, like especially if it's a big decision, it sounds like it's best to 
sleep on it. Um, Similarly, if you're in like a low point and it sounds like awful, you shouldn't necessarily say no, maybe sleep on it. Like, will you talk to us like, is there, have you noticed or tracked some kind of like timing where you know that you're in a place to solidly make a confident decision that you feel good about or does it change? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, it's definitely a matter of practice, right? It's a matter of like, it's, it's, it's getting to, it's trust and getting to know someone. It's like, like I said, like there are all these like support players on your team and they're all like your friends. Right. But if you have been neglecting this friendship for a really long time and, and you don't trust it, like you're not really sure how it's going to operate. But once you've been spending a good bit of time with it and Mm -hmm. getting to know how it, reacts and how it responds and then you it's just like any other friendship like you just kind of know like you're like like yeah I know this is so you right like this is (laughs) you kind of know like then where the sweet spot is I can definitely see where it makes so much sense to me and I think that's where human design has been so powerful for me is because I kind of came into it at the tail end of my whole journey and healing journey but it was so profound because I had already gone through it I could see it so clearly where so many people learn about human design and then it takes them years to sort of embody their design I had already gone through it and it was just like like so clear to me yeah and so I can see so many times over the past you know years of my life where I, I wasn't listening to my emotional center, you know, I was, or if I was like, there'd be a lot of shame in that, right? Like, oop, I'm not quite ready. I'm going to make the decision early. Oops. Like that wasn't actually my decision. And now I feel incredibly shameful because people think probably that I'm a flake or I don't know what I'm doing or right. whatever. And right. so it's been really powerful to let that go. I find that fascinating because I am the opposite. Okay. Like as a sacral generator who is largely ignored the sacral center, um, for years and I'm improving on listening to it, but I am meant to make decisions in the moment. And so I also have felt shame when I have listened to my sacral center, because there's been times when I have immediately known I wanted to do something and it's something that someone else doesn't want to do or whatever. Like I'm actually reminded of this really silly example, but when I was in college, I was in a sorority and I don't know if you, were you in the Greek system? You weren't. Mm -hmm. No. So anyways, as part of the Greek system, like each year you have recruiting or what we call rush. And so one of my really good friends at the time and I were, had kind of agreed, you know, that we would be like in the basement, like preparing things while like all these new girls came in to like see our house and meet people. So someone then offered me like later on a spot to be like in the front and center, like greeting people. And I remember my body just being like, Oh yes, that sounds so fun. I would love to do that. And so I immediately was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. You know, meanwhile, my friend is like, what are you doing? We agreed to like do this down here. Like, this is so disappointing. I'm so mad at you. And, um, I was like, sorry, you know, like, I don't really know where that came from. I know we agreed on it, but like, I, there's no denying that like, I'm very excited about like doing this other thing. And so, I just use that as an example because it's like, I couldn't have controlled it. I didn't know that reaction was going to come out. Um, and that feels scary for me sometimes because I feel guilty around people's reaction to it when I, I don't really have a logical explanation, you know? Mm. Um, well, did it, and, and I'm trying to remember your chart, right? But do you have an open ego center? I do. Um, I have an open ego. I have an open spleen and I have a wide open emotional center, like no gate activations at all. Yep. So, 
sacral is all I got, you know, it's like, like, yeah, well, you know, but part of that too is, and it's funny because right. Where does, then we look at where does the shame come from? It's, it's not necessarily that your authority was wrong. Your authority was speaking on the, on behalf of your soul. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that our soul and what everybody else has on their agenda are aligned, but that's not our job, right? Like my job is not to worry about what makes you happy. Right. Exactly. I mean, I want to honor my friendships and that would be something then I guess to check in too. like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, is this something that's going to affect my friendships or not? And, and, but part of probably the shame is, is coming more from that open ego center because it is like, Ooh, shoot. Are they not going to like me now? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Whereas like for me, you know, so much shame has come from being a manifester or, uh, you know, like, and again, like looking, looking back on all of that too, is that, um, it's not so much in the emotion center, but it's like, okay, well, how am I um, being too big? How am I being too pushy, too bossy, too, yeah. you know, whatever, not being a team player. That's a big one, right? Like for me, like people yeah. told me I'm not a team player and I'm not supposed to, not that I'm not supposed to, but I'm not, you know, like that's not my role. Like my role is not to do a huge tell me to do like this is actually the opposite of my role. <laughs> well, what's interesting is you've kind of like, you're wearing like two different things, right? Like as a woman in American society, you're wearing this like sheath of like what it means to be a woman. And mm-hmm your job is not to subscribe to that. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God. Like, well, that's a, now we've kind of gone like the two paths of like my work, right? So it's like use human design to help see the, I call it your, the map to your soul so that we're really actually aligned with what is going on with you and not what's going on with me or what's worked with me or whatever. But then it's all about healing from the patriarchal trauma, which is that, right? It's all, it's just being born at this time in this day and age and all of the things that you and I and so many other women who have come before us and after us have had to battle with the messages that we receive about our bodies and our babies and our jobs and who we are and how we show up and whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's, so let's dive into like the work that you do with women. Um, so you work, as you said, with human design to then talk about and um, acknowledge shadows that are sort of blocking women from fulfilling their purpose and then moving into embodiment. So could you give us an example of maybe what that might have looked like in the past for a client or anything that would help illuminate like how someone can be transformed by working with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I do two different um, offerings with clients. So one is with business and one is with emotional healing. And so, and just kind of that like alignment, right? I love that. Yeah. And I think it's because it's the two areas that I struggled with obviously the most. And, and, uh, so let's just look at, at just a general personal healing session or experience. And, uh, so what we do is I would pull your chart and help you get really up to speed with your chart reading and some of the basic dynamics of your chart and, uh, what it means to be your energy type and your authority and talking more about your intuition and all of that. And then we use the centers, the nine centers in human design to really help to illuminate which ones are open, which ones are defined and, um, and then what that means, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's something that's very different 
different and neither one is a, a strength or a weakness, right? Like they both come with their, uh, they both come with their own shadows. They both come with their own strengths. And so where's the conditioning in your life, right? And usually that's a very simple process because almost immediately, and I mean, you've had your chart read and, and you've done this, um, a lot, but, but almost immediately there are certain spaces in your chart where it's just like, Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Like, Oh my gosh, that just makes so much sense. Yes. Yes. And right away, it's crazy. The energy work that is done in that moment, because instead of as a therapist being like, oh, okay, so you don't feel valued. Okay. Let's talk about that. Where in your relationships or where in your life and you're living in your brain, trying to mentally process and output this information for this person to be able to, you know, help break it down for you. Well, that isn't healing, right? This mental processing isn't healing. It is this excavation of the energy. And part of that is from just the knowing that you're not broken. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, oh, I think you and I have talked about this before. It's human design is such a permission slip to just be who you are, like yeah. who you truly are. <laughs> like, I will give an example. I mentioned I have a wide open emotional center. For me, that was such a relief to hear because one of the shadows of the emotional center is that you can pick up on other people's emotions and kind of carry them with you. And in my case, I have greatly improved on not being responsible for other people's emotions like I have in the past. And that was such a wonderful realization that I wouldn't have arrived at had I not been exposed to that information. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like so much. And so, so then once we kind of look and look into that and really understand like, right, like, who are you? right? Who, who are you? And what are the, the, the beautiful nuances that make up who you are? Because it's like every single chart to me is this little, you know, I, I think people oftentimes will see their chart and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, how do I not have this? Right. Or uh, like for me, I have like what's called G center NB, right. I have an open G center and that's ah. the direction. And I've really learned how to appreciate having this open G center, but initially, right. Initially when I looked at my chart, I'm like, Oh, Oh, to understand, like, where you, you know, to not feel lost in life when you were found two weeks ago. Like, that's a common thing. Like, I'll be so, like, on it, right? Like, right. this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. And then two weeks later, I'm like, I'm so lost. I'm just yes. so yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, why am I always lost, right? Like, I'm not lost, but, but that's a thing. <laughs> and um, so it's, you know, to be able to see all of these beautiful nuances that make up who you are and but then as we start to dive into your story, because human design is one thing, if it's just a, this language, this special language that we all have, you know, like to describe, you know, whatever your energy or your intuition. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But what is your lived experience? Yes. Right. Where, where does this resonate for you and how has it played out in your life and how do we use this tool to uh, address and heal the traumas, release those, mm -hmm. and then really embody and step into who you are designed to be. Yeah. And so much of our story as women right now is that we all are healing from some, many, multiple spaces of patriarchal trauma. Absolutely. I mean, to me, it still feels a bit audacious to step into embodiment. You know, I think I've been so used to intellectualizing. I still, I still do this. Intellectualizing healing, right? Intellectualizing everything. <laughs> 
to then embody it means to take action to actually like, as you say, live the experience. And that Mm -hmm. feels still audacious, you know, Mm -hmm. who am I to do this? Or Mm -hmm. what makes me know that this is the right path when I've been told the opposite my entire life or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, I just think that's so beautiful that that's the work that you're guiding women to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because well, it's, and- it's like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think um, I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but it's like, I feel as though men are not necessarily to blame for this. It's just the system, you know, it's like patriarchy as a system has just been in place for so long that it infiltrates everything. And it feels very uh, like a, a like turning a big cruise ship, right? Where it just takes time to acknowledge, right, that the big cruise ship needs to turn into a new direction. And so it's like a you know, it's just like a large effort to get the Titanic to turn around. And to me, that feels like us acknowledging patriarchy and then being like, okay, there's a better direction. Like, let's all shift. It's like, some people don't want to change and some people don't want to turn the ship around. So, um, yeah, it feels a bit, yeah, just kind of audacious, you know, to be like, okay, like we're making this decision to live a different way and people may not like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what's funny is that it's like, um, and maybe this is where, some, you know, like there's a piece of me that I, I, I have a defined ego center, right? So there's a part of me that's like, I don't really care what you think. Right? Like, Good there, for you. Mine is open. Yeah. Because, because I have lived for almost, you know, 40 years under your microscope and I'm kind of done with it. Right. Like I'm kind of done and this is what's been going on. And this is what's lived in my system through epigenetics. And I've had past life experiences. And this is like what I have experienced in past lives. that is just total chaos and BS. And so I'm kind of done with it. Right. Oh. And I have a daughter and mm-mm, right. And I have, I, like I have a son too. It's twofold, but, but I have a daughter like, nah, this is not what is going to continue to live in her body. She doesn't need to carry this angst with her the way that I've carried it. She doesn't need to show up in the ways that I have shown up that has, has minimized like, or like belittled who I really am. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Oh man, if I could have lived out my life owning who I was right. my whole life. You know, how powerful that right. be. Right. I mean, yeah, what a gift to give your daughter. And also, you know, I think about with my son, like to be able to model that for him is has now become like a very important thing in my life where it's like, gosh, I would love for him to just understand what that looks like um, deeply, you know, by seeing it every day. And so yeah. that, that I think has become some of the most important work that I'm embarking on. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you talk about um, maybe, did you have any examples that you'd be willing to share with us about women that have undergone this journey with you that just an example of like maybe how their lives have changed or become more aligned after working with you? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's so, I, I, so many different scenarios, like if the women pop into my head of just different times that we work together. And I think that everything from like, I'll do sessions with moms and we'll pull their children's charts as well. And just the simple act of understanding 
and it, I say simple, it's not simple, right? Like this is, it's, it's some of it's like, Oh, cool, cool. But it's like the practice of doing this day in and day out is not simple, but having the right tools to understand, for instance, I just had a session with um, a mom who is a projector. So she's got this open sacral center and she needs a lot of rest and she's in a home full of generators and manifesting generators. Oh man. And right. Who are go, go, go. Okay. Now her son who is seven. So, uh, I mean, and if we're doing gender stereotypes here, right? Like seven-year-old boy, very, and he's very active. I have a five-year-old boy. He's very active and he's a projector and he's still very active. So, you know, boys can be, have this, but some boys can have this physical energy. So for him though, that is true. And the, the centers, each center, um, some of them are what are called um, motor centers and some of them are called awareness centers or, so there's four motor centers. All four of them are defined for him. So we're talking a manifesting generator who has lots of different interests with four defined motor centers and a seven-year-old boy. Like I haven't met him and I can just imagine, right? Like without her saying like, my son's got a lot of energy. Like I was like, whoa, like I can (laughs) imagine. Yep. Yep. And we both follow um, more of a natural parenting style. Right. And in this natural parenting community, something that's very popular right now is like, don't sign your kids up for all the things, let them be children and let them, you know, kind of rest and let them play. And and not that she's not letting him play. She is. But, you know, one of the things that she's done is that he has a lot of interest and she's recently signed him up for a lot of things and was kind of feeling this like internal guilt, like, oh, am I supposed to do that? And it's like, yeah, (laughs) no, Uh right. That is the natural parenting technique for him. And also for you as the mom, because parenting is not just about the children, right? Parenting is about you as the mom, you need rest. You can't be running around chasing all of his ambitions and dreams and different things that he wants to do and pursue. Like that is not your role, right? As the mom to be the person who provides that, you can provide the resources. Right. And so, um, you know, just little nuances like that have been um, really powerful. I love working with women in business because there's a lot that goes into being a successful business owner. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, so, so many different things, whether, you know, one of my clients is a manifesting generator and, um, and she also has the open ego center and she's got a lot of brilliant ideas and a lot of energy and goes full force and just a big, beautiful, like personality. But I mean, somebody will show up in her face and, and give her a comment and all of a sudden there's just like this instant doubt and, and it doesn't matter what I say, you know, is that it doesn't matter how much work you do on your self-worth because you're never going to have consistent energy in that space. And that doesn't mean that it's like, oh gosh, you're, you're bound to feel unworthy your whole life. No, 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 no. But there has to be a big reframe there into identifying really what worthiness means to you and um, but it's a very easy spot to be conditioned, right? Especially if you're in kind of a big space or in, in a limelight. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we're working together, it's kind of just this, like it, it's the embodiment work, right? It's, it's like, okay, great. You know, this information, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how are we actually incorporating it into your life on a day-to-day basis yeah. so that it just becomes a part of who you are versus, um, what you know. Absolutely. It's like, 
what an amazing tool, you know, cause it's like, you're, you're just guiding people to understand this like map of helping them understand themselves better. Like they know what that open center means for them. As you talk them through it, you know, how or they know how it's manifesting in their business, you know, like they are putting the pieces together. You're the one that's like, just showing them the information and walking them through how this applies. And um, I just, I find it equal parts, such an important tool and also what an amazing permission slip to, you know, just be ourselves. And um, yeah, it's just really fascinating how it kind of shows up in business and in parenting and in every aspect of life, if you allow it. Yeah. So what are you currently offering your clients right now? Um, the two offerings, the two main offerings that I do is I do one-to-one work. And then, so again, with both clients who are, um, just, you know, I say healing, but it's so much more than that, right? Like, it's just, it's a whole process of healing and alignment and guide, like a, a mentorship. And, um, and usually they're month to month containers. And most of the clients that I work with, um, that lasts anywhere from three to six months. And then I offer a workshop called get centered. And that's a deep dive into the nine centers and to really understanding what those are and how to work with them, whether they're open or whether they're defined. And right now, the only one that I have on the calendar is local. I'm in North Carolina, so it's a local event, but I am putting one on the books for September. That's going to be a virtual event. So that'll be fun too. Oh, wonderful. I'll link it in the show notes below. Um, yeah. So anyone that's interested can, can find it. And I have a course too. I always forget. Sorry. I have oh, a course. Go ahead. No, yeah, please. <laughs> that's just parenting by design. So for the parents out there that really do want to learn how to not just, um, like I said, like show up for their children, but also show up for themselves, you know, as forever as a therapist, I always used to say, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. And that remains true. Um, but there's also some cool work in that course on how to reparent yourself. So mm, yeah. love that. So Excellent. Where can we find you? Uh, so you can find me at on my website, uh, brookbelden.com. So no E in Brook, B-R-O-O-K-B-E-L-D-E-N. And then um, same thing on Instagram Brooke, at brookbelden. Oh my gosh. Love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Brooke. I think this has been great. I love talking to you about intuition and how we can kind of map it for ourselves in a really just beautiful way. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me today. You'll find Brooke's offerings linked in the show notes below. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find me over at healingcorner.net or at healing underscore corner on Instagram. Thanks for being here and see you next time.